0: well good morning vintage family this morning we're continuing in our series on the gospel of matthew and the call to deeper discipleship looking at kingdom mission so before we do anything else let me just take a moment to pray why don't we just pray together father you have called us to this time and this place in this culture And with all that's going on around us, never before has it been so important to be aware of our role as your kingdom ambassadors. Teach us, Lord, what it looks like in this culture to extend your kingdom and get involved in kingdom mission. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, Jesus opens his ministry with the words repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near the kingdom of god you'll remember is god's rule and reign to declare the kingdom is near is to announce the inbreaking of a new reality into our world god himself has intervened in the affairs of his creation in a way that can be seen and heard and experienced in the here and now And when we experience God's kingdom, we're experiencing a foretaste of our future life with God when he will come again and make everything new. And Matthew makes clear, Jesus didn't just talk about the kingdom, he demonstrated what it looks like. I want to explore three things briefly. What does kingdom mission look like? What does it mean for you and I, for us today? and how do we begin so firstly what does kingdom mission look like well matthew gives us insight into this with this description from chapter 9 verses 35 to 37 as jesus extends his ministry jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord, who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. And the more we get into the heart of Matthew, we begin to see a pattern of the ministry and mission of the kingdom begin to emerge. Jesus calls and teaches. He demonstrates and restores, and then he equips and sends. Jesus calls, teaches, demonstrates, and sends. So as we get to chapter 9 and 10, Not only does Jesus announce the good news of the kingdom, he then goes on to demonstrate what it looks like. But he doesn't just stop there. He goes on to multiply his kingdom by sending his disciples to participate in the same mission. Look at chapter 10, verse 1, where he goes on to choose the 12 disciples and says this, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Then further down in verse 5, he sends them out with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Jesus calls them. He teaches what the kingdom of God looks like. He then demonstrates what he teaches then he sends his followers out into the world to go and do likewise. So the early church were not only called to repent and follow him, they were invited to participate in the extension of his kingdom. Following the king was an invitation into a new reality and purpose of participating in kingdom mission and participation in the kingdom of God transformed their identity and purpose. And each one saw themselves as not only doing mission, but becoming mission. Mission is not something we just do. It's who we become in him. So in the power of the spirit, they went out into the surrounding culture, preaching the good news, healing the sick, setting captives free. And as we know from the book of Acts, they go on to transform the known world in and through the spirit's power. This is what kingdom mission looks like. This is the missional movement of the kingdom. God the father sending the son the son sending the spirit and the spirit sending the church into the world the father sends the son in the power of the spirit so that the world created by the father through the son in the spirit might be restored and renewed to the way it was created and the fracture in the relationship between God and his creation is healed. And God once again dwells with his people who are made in his image and do the things he does. The movement of kingdom mission is not one of withdrawing continually from the world, but moving towards it over and over and over in love, declaring the kingdom has come and demonstrating what that kingdom looks like. So what does this mean for us, for you and I, in the culture we find ourselves in? Christopher Coxworth, the Bishop of Coventry, puts it like this, kingdom mission, which involves the sending of the Son in the power of the Spirit's presence, includes the sending of the apostles by the Son and their infilling with the Holy Spirit, and extends to every baptism of each new believer who is immersed in the divine life of Christ and anointed with the messianic spirit of Christ. Let me put it like this. If Jesus lives in us through the person of the Holy Spirit, then being empowered to live missionally, wherever we find ourselves is a part of our inheritance through being part of his family. Our experience of the kingdom begins with proximity to Jesus. The closer we get and the more time we spend with him, the more we're transformed into his likeness and the more transformed into his likeness, the more missional we become. So when Jesus declares the kingdom of God is drawn near, he's shifting the paradigm of our lives. One that opens up to new realms of possibility and purpose. A few years ago, ago, a girl called Lauren walked through the doors of Rock Harbor Church, the church I used to work at. She wasn't a Christian. She had this urge to go to church one Sunday morning. She looked up online, saw our church, walked through the doors. And what we didn't know is that she had um, a hand injury, uh, an issue with her hand. She had woken up some months earlier after a night of partying in Vegas. Lauren liked to party and she'd woken up in a hotel room in Vegas. Room was absolutely trashed. Her hand was black and blue. She had no idea what had happened. She couldn't move her hand. She went to a doctor, went to specialists, and after a number of sort of x-rays and blood tests, she discovered that she'd permanently damaged her hand, was unable to close it, and had an arthritic condition that needed cortisone and all sorts of meds. At the end of the service, Lauren was sitting in her chair and I walked up to the front, and one of our prayer team had a word that there was a girl with a left hand condition and they believed God wanted to heal her. I shared that word among lots of other words. She was invited to come forward with a number of other people. And one of our prayer team walked up and grabbed a girl who'd just finished the prayer course and had been filled with the presence of God. And she would say she can't even remember what she prayed because she was so nervous to pray. She put her hand on Lauren and she said, what can I pray for? And Lauren explained what was going on with her hand. And I think inside she probably thought, oh great, the first time I've ever prayed for someone. Not really knowing what to say, she prayed a very simple prayer. And it was then that Lauren felt what felt like a charge of electricity go down her arm into her hand. She lifted her hand in front of her as she started to cry and get filled with God's presence. She started to move her fingers in a way she couldn't, continually moving her hand. One thing led to another, she went to the doctors. The doctor x-rayed, the doctor did tests and literally said to her, I've heard this happen to colleagues, it's never happened to me, but I'd have to say your hand has been totally healed. Lauren went on to get baptised. 30 people came to watch her get baptized she went on to uganda to do ministry and mission work she ended up marrying a pastor's son and she's still involved in all sorts of ministries today you see when we receive what god's done for us we discover what he wants to do through us and our response is to join in with the kingdom adventure this is what happened to lauren His invitation to us is to believe that the kingdom of God is near. So as we follow, listen and learn, we then get to participate in kingdom mission. So with the spirit of God working in us, we're transformed to look more like Jesus and do the stuff Jesus did. This is the great adventure. Our transformation on the inside equips us for kingdom mission on the outside. And this is the life of discipleship you and I are invited into. Growing as a disciple is about becoming attentive to his voice and sensitive to his promptings so that we can do the work of the kingdom in our daily lives. Our world of pandemic and economic vulnerability is desperately in need for the church to become the people of God he's called them to be, and to point to a different reality, one that is full of hope, life, and purpose. It might be that this week, you will be the only Christian in a particular place, at a particular time, and God will want to use you. Last Thursday, I was getting ready to go to work. I was getting dressed, and uh, just sort of thinking about my day and praying about my day. And an image of Jen, one of the team at our local Starbucks came to mind and I had this weird sense that the Lord wanted to say something to her. I tucked it away, got on with my day and uh, later in the morning, I was meeting with a member of the congregation and we walked to Starbucks. I'd completely forgotten about what had happened earlier that morning. And as we got to the door of Starbucks, it dawned on me, oh no. What if Jen is actually in there? I remembered what I thought the Lord prompted me about. And I don't know about you, but these are the moments when I tend to make deals with God. <laughs> Lord, this is my local Starbucks. I am not gonna go in there and start speaking to staff across the counter. So here's the deal. If this is the moment for that to happen, make it really obvious and create a very obvious opportunity. So I went in through the doors. I got served by someone. I looked, couldn't see Jen anywhere. Quite relieved, to be honest with you. And then I got to the point where you're waiting for your coffee. And sure enough, Jen appeared from behind the machine, said, Ash, how are you? Leaned over with the coffee to pass it to me. It was, ah, uh, uh, this was it. So I just simply said, Jen, um, I'm not sure if you know what I do. She said, yeah, I think you work in a church. Don't you? I said, yeah, I said, I am. I, um, This is gonna be absolutely crazy, perhaps. But this morning I was praying and you came to mind. I just want you to know, you have a really, really sweet spirit and a sweet heart. And God sees you and he knows you and he's got you. And then I walked away. Now, I don't know what she thought of that moment. I don't know what happened next. That's not my concern. My concern is not to allow fear to push me away from joining in with God's mission. Jim Cimbala, pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle, puts it like this, I never want to let fear of the unexpected cause me to institutionalize lukewarmness. Lord, save us from lukewarmness and the domestication of the gospel. Lastly, how do we begin to get involved? It's simple, we ask, we wait, we expect, and then we follow. We ask, we wait, we expect, and we follow. It all begins with prayer. Prayer is not a strategy in the kingdom. It's the strategy of the kingdom. So the more time we spend with Jesus, the more we get to know what he's like. And all our asking and waiting is growing us toward deeper dependence and communion with him, helping us to become aware of the sound of his voice and our oneness with him. So we wait on him to speak, to move, to act. And when we see it, we follow. As we follow his leading, we start to discover how kingdom mission works. So the first thing we do is to ask. We ask the Lord to send us. We ask the Lord to use us. We ask him for eyes to see what he's doing around us in the everyday. We ask for his heart to fill our hearts with the same compassion that filled his when he saw the crowds like sheep without a shepherd. Boy, that could be a description of the people I see in LA today. We ask for his desires to become our desires. And then filled with expectation, we follow him into our city, empowered by love and the Holy Spirit to join in with what he's doing and do the things he does. Carrying the presence of God everywhere we go. We are kingdom carriers, which means that the reality of the kingdom should influence the environments we enter. Our role is to pay attention to where he is working and partner with him in what he's already doing. So to make disciples, we have to learn to be attentive to the spirit wherever we are. And God will often want to do this within our existing network of relationships we already have. There are five key groups of people that we all have regular interaction with. Family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, and acquaintances. The Holy Spirit is already at work in each of these groups. We just need the eyes to see what he's doing. Each one of us are uniquely positioned in our lives to see the kingdom of God advance around us. And he wants to show us what he's doing in the people we already encounter on a daily basis, even, even in Starbucks. Our task is to pray and see what God's up to in the people around us and join in with his kingdom mission so let's just take a moment right now to pray i'm going to invite you to shut your eyes put down if you're taking notes put down your bible put down your notes let's take a moment to pray let's take a moment to ask god every one of us is invited to into the adventure of kingdom mission this is not just for professionals the whole family of god are invited into this adventure sent with the purpose of letting people know the kingdom has come but first let him fill you with his presence and show you what he's up to At the end of the Gospel of John, it says Jesus said this to his followers, peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he'd said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Father, send your Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh with your presence. That we might be awakened to all that you're doing around us. And we might hear your prompting. See what you're doing and jump into the adventure of kingdom mission afresh for the sake of those around us who desperately need you. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus, amen. Can I encourage you this week, take a moment, think about those five groups, family, friends, neighbors, co co-workers, and acquaintances, be prayerful Wait, pray, and be expectant that God might actually use you to extend his kingdom. Amen.